Hey guys, Anthony here, and I just wanted to give you a big biohack thank you for listening. I'm so humbled and grateful that you're spending some of your day with me and the Biohacking Secrets Show. And if you get any value from this episode, or you've gotten value from previous episodes, it would mean the world if you could leave us a five-star review on iTunes and share this episode with your friends, family members, and coworkers on social media. That way we can continue to spread this information and positively impact as many lives as possible. And it's also how our podcast gets discovered by more people. So without further ado, please enjoy this episode of the Biohacking Secrets Show. This is your life and it's ending one minute at a time. I was blind, but now I see. Working jobs we hate, so we can buy shit we don't need. Ideas are brittle. If you had one shot, everything I'd ever read, heard, seen was now organized and available. Now you fucking khakis. Life moves pretty fast. The Biohacking Secret Show. Amanda, welcome to the Biohacking Secret Show. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate you having me. <laughs> so a quick funny story to kick us off. I had read a book by uh, Dr. Martin Walker, I believe. Um, it was about DMSO and healing. Martin, yeah. Yeah. Back in the day, I was dealing with a lot of pain related to Lyme and, and some co-infections and pretty willing to try anything. I was teaching yoga and doing personal training at David Barton gym at the time. And, um, so I started this, I went, I went all in on this DMSO protocol. And I remember about two days in starting to notice the scent that I could only compare to like garlic <laughs> or something sulfur related coming off my body in an extremely strong fashion in an enclosed gym environment where there were many, uh, attractive people and coworkers. Um, and I pulled the plug and I'm sure I was doing something wrong and I'm hoping you'll be able to share some of your wisdom on how DMSO can be used for healing a variety of health maladies, but maybe first you could give us a little bit of background on, um, you know, your, your origin story and how you got to where you're at today. Yeah. <laughs> well, unfortunately, you can't really get around much of the odor, the DMSO odor, if you're taking, especially internally. Mm -hmm. um, topically, you can get away with it a little bit more. And uh, and then I generally suggest use DMSO topically and then MSM sulfur, which is a derivative of DMSO for the internal mm -hmm. usage, which won't have that, um, the off-gassing of the DMS which can be very strong. And most people will smell it because they're also very deficient in zinc. A lot of the time, if you have loved ones take zinc, sometimes it's not so offensive to them the way they're receiving it. Um, I came into this knowledge not too long ago, uh, about a few handful of years ago, really, because uh, I, as a practitioner, and I trained as a naturopath, so I went through the schooling process and graduation from uh, the Canadian College of Naturopathic Medicine in 2008. And we sort of learned about it in sports medicine, but we didn't really, it wasn't really top of mind as a product to use. And I wasn't into sports medicine. So I thought, whatever, not of interest to me. And I picked up a bottle when I happened to be at Nature's Emporium one day and I saw it and I was like, this is interesting. I haven't played around with this. I'm gonna see what it's for. And I ended up having an issue of a rash on my body and I thought to use it because it was very itchy. And um, I applied it and uh, at its 90% strength and I immediately had redness and tingling and burning. And I, was, I just was fascinated you know, with my chemistry background. I said, this is 
extremely powerful to do that to the body, to be able to cause that much of heat. What's going on here? And then that's really how it began. I just started researching it and I was so fascinated that I, I couldn't stop. I just I just devoured everything I could possibly read on the topic in a manner of a few days, handful of days. And then I was so elated by what I read and so excited and just so stunned as well that it it was really an unknown um, substance, relatively speaking, that I, I did a, a YouTube video called All About DMSO. And I had, you know, been doing some health videos, these sorts of things, but that particular video went absolutely viral everywhere. And it was really exciting because of all the things I would like to have going viral, it would be that knowledge. And so I was very excited about that and happy about that for so many people who are suffering in pain and chronic inflammation and taking all these medications that suppress their symptoms and really never get to the root cause of their problems and all the while damaging their organ systems further. So this was something that was relatively safe and easy enough for people to use with the correct awareness. And then a company found me or a publishing company found me and asked me to write a book about it. Um, and, and then that process began, which was extremely painful because I'm very um, scientifically minded the way my writing style was, was coming just from all the schooling. Mm -hmm. And I had to essentially rewrite the whole book all over again in lay terms, which was extremely challenging. Um, and then the book was twice the size it actually turned out to be because, um, you know, when lawyers get involved, they go, well, can't have that, can't have this. Mm -hmm. So the, the great news is I basically have another book ready to go once I can rearrange my schedule and do some writing again, which is also why I had to do this really I had to revamp and, and really look at what I'm doing and why and, and how I'm helping people and practitioners can really burn out and, and hurt themselves even by overgiving and, 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 and more and more people find out what you do word of mouth and then that just goes on and on and and I realize it's just not the right way to, to do it so mm -hmm. yeah and and DMSO, maybe you could speak a little bit more just for our listeners who aren't familiar. It's 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 a, a byproduct of wood or it's derived from wood, correct? And I know it's used a lot for inflammation, but you're you've you've written a book on it and I certainly have not. So maybe you could share a little bit uh, a little bit more detail on what it is, how it's used. Well, it's uh, it's dimethyl sulfoxide and it, it is derived from the strength of trees really because when a tree is upright and strong and resilient, it's using this the strength of the sulfur bonds to, to do so. And that's in the, the DMSO substance. And when the pulp and paper industry comes in to make it into pulp, that's one of the waste products is DMSO. Um, so it comes from that industry generally as a secondary product. And then it's taken by companies who purify it by washing what's called the white liquor uh, away from the product uh, using like activated charcoal methods. And it's a really fascinating substance because it, it does come from wood, but also we see it in, in a lot of the plant family, plant kingdom, and even in uh, plankton. So it's in the oceans as well. And if you're ocean side, you will be breathing in a little bit of DMSO in the air. Um, so it's, it's in everybody to some degree. Um, which means that the reactivity of it can be, you know, very 
natural. So usually it triggers you into a detox. So that's why people have to start really slow. Um, but it's not a true allergy. There's no real true allergy to something that is fundamental necessity of your own body. Um, mm -hmm. You might have a histamine reaction to certain things, but it's only because the tissues are so um, diseased or imbalanced that whatever comes out of the tissues, the body might react to. So that's why it's always wise to learn about a substance uh, like this particular one before you go really playing around with it. So you know what you're doing. And that was really the main reason why um, the book was asked to be written because it, it's a, it's a layman's guide to how to make little you know recipes at home, um, how to use it for all kinds of basic needs and how to dilute it properly um, and how to apply properly because it's transdermal and it's a carrier. So it's both, it has its own healing properties. It can go through, through the tissues but it also tends to carry things with it, which is when I heard that, when I learned about that and being someone who was making holistic natural products already, I was like, oh, I can put that in the creams. I can mix it. I can, I can play around with all the chemistry and the alchemy stuff I love. And that's exactly what I started to do and how powerful that, that is to know that you can basically feed yourself through your skin, you know, mm -hmm. it's a different type of parenteral approach. Mm -hmm. um, and you can really nourish your tissues deeply um, by, you know, go, bypassing the gastrointestinal system and carrying things right into tissues. And the body will, will deal with those materials because it also upregulates the delivery with, uh, with the DMSO. So fascinating, fascinating substance. Yeah. It's, and it sounds like you're almost describing an, I don't want to say an entourage effect, but sort of like a Trojan horse effect with DMSO where you can combine it with certain things and then it's able to get more of those accompanying ingredients where they need to go. Uh, during your research, was it mostly the research where a light bulb really went off and you realized that this was something that you wanted to help get out there to more people? Because, I mean, that experience with the rash, that clued you into its power and, and, and some of its potentials. Did you have your own transformational experience or was it really kind of going down the rabbit hole of the research that um, made you realize that this was something that was underappreciated or, or under, you know, not, not so well understood? Well, the, the power of it was the trigger, how powerful it was. And then um, the, the research, when I found the first original studies done, there was about 50 of them. Um, that to me was just, I couldn't believe what I was reading. It was more like, I, I have to, I have to understand what, why it could do all these things, how it can, you know, um, increase blood flow and, you know, detox the body and get rid of metals and it can strengthen tissues and it can relieve pain and it can deal with swelling and it can stop a stroke and it can stop a heart attack and all of these things. It's like, this sounds the most miraculous substance that I could even wrap my head around next to, you know, water. I mean, water is like life, right? It's like, mm. like well, what's else more miraculous than, than water? Because water is, is quite a powerful substance and, and has all different phases and things. And DMSO has very mysterious sort of powers as well. So it was really the reading of those studies and how they had used it. I mean, and, and then reading Stanley Jacobs work. And I mean, he was healing downs, down syndrome. Mm -hmm. I mean, what, what substance do you know that exists that would actually repair genetic material? 
that would prevent, um, you know, mis misinterpreted proteins from, you know, hitting ligands and things. I mean, what receptors? So what, what's, what is this, you know? And I think it's the way that it's able to have its relationship with water that seems extremely powerful, that it has a, almost a handshaking effect with it. So it can maneuver itself through the entire body as long as there is water present. Mm-hmm. So that, that was really, that was really, the research itself was the, the real aha moment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you're, you're doing less work now with clients so that you can focus on some of these projects and more writing, but in your application, in your clinical application of DMSO, how do you find, how have you used it most often? You know, who are the people that, that, that it serves best? It's, it's kind of one of those things that you can enhance any protocol with it. You can enhance any system right? As long as you're using it appropriately for that system. And what I'll be doing is, is creating a protocol network, basically. So all kinds of protocols for all sorts of disease names, which, you know, those titles are really just something to use to navigate the, the, the language. I don't really adhere to them because it's a holistic ideology that I subscribe to. But um, the, the protocols with the videos and explaining it, it the, a lot of DMSO will be embedded in the protocols because of the enhancement and the blood flow and delivery, uh, um, assistance that it can offer. Uh, so I usually suggest internal usage for things that are going to be directly touching the DMSO, for example, ulcer issues, uh, gut dysbiosis, anything to do with the gastrointestinal system or the lungs, because just by virtue of the swallowing uh, internally, it's going to effuse into the lung tissue just because it's there, because it's close by. Mm. Um, or anything to do with the mouth itself. I make eye drops. It's very um, excellent to use for actually healing cataracts. I've been making 20%, 40% eye drops for, for a while now, and I have people telling me their cataracts are gone. From what, what, what is your website while we're talking about these products so people can check that out as well? Uh, it's yum, Y-U-M, naturals.store. Mm-hmm. And then you and also the own yummy.doctor, yeah. correct? Yeah, yummy.doctor is the more educational website. And we're excited to launch our new platform there where we'll have our own basically like a social media site where we can interact with each other that way, because we really got fed up with the censorship. And yeah. We said, well, I guess we'll put our videos there and no one can erase them. And, and we might as well have a forum or some sort of way to communicate with one another, because with whatever they're going to try to do next, we want to make sure we have that uh, secure for us. So that's a really great website for the blog and web in the videos and that sort of thing. I think that's wise. What what type of censorship have you experienced? Yeah, there was a joke. One of my friends were saying, I think I'm one of the most censored on the internet right now, uh, to the point where if you tag my name on Facebook, it says automatically, this goes against our community standards. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, <laughs> I'm against Facebook <laughs> Facebook's community standards. So that's pretty interesting. Um, they've, I mean, they've erased pretty much every me everywhere. I had a really large YouTube channel, uh, had a really large Instagram following. Those have got deleted. It seems that I'll build, they'll let me build things up a little while. And if I get past like say 40 K, they just erase me and 
I start over and I'm not putting a lot of eggs in one basket though. I've got a lot of different um, avenues of communication that have opened up because just by virtue of necessity and also why would we keep <laughs> giving them our free data if they're going to do that? Mm-hmm. And the last time I, I, I've been blocked on Facebook now, geez, I think I'm on my fourth 30 day, <laughs> you know, in a row almost like with a couple of days in between right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. And even though I'll, I'll go and I'll look, I'd find, I find they've um, censored out anything of value anyway. So mm-hmm. what they'll do is they'll just have an echo chamber of BS in a lot of those places while the real discussions are happening over at minds.com or on Telegram or in our own flat platforms. And the conversation is just being moved elsewhere. They can't stop us. They won't muzzle us. They it's impossible. I mean, even the fact where we're moving our servers offshore so they can't even touch our servers. So in a lot, yeah. of, I know a lot of people doing that as well. I, we've We've considered it too, because of the same thing, like with, we, you know, we built up, we had some videos that had done a few million views and, you know, we had 70,000 on Facebook and 20 some thousand on on Instagram, but it's just ever since I started discussing what's been taking place in the world, it's been pretty much flat and very limited reach to the degree where it's almost the same as if I, you know, just opened my Facebook account, like 15 years ago, you know, Mm -hmm. and like, and, and had no following. Um, we started syndicating to some of those alt platforms, like you mentioned, like Minds and Gab. But it seems like most people that that see the writing on the wall are getting their own servers in other countries and 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 truly like building a home that is not on quicksand. And it seems mm-hmm. like you're you're in agreement with that. Absolutely, you know they're going to just keep coming after it and and death by a thousand cuts and in Canada here, they're trying this bill C10, which is even further level of censorship. And, mm-hmm. you know, if they think you're dangerous because it's dangerous apparently to talk about science, to talk about facts from their own websites, um, to ask questions about um, experimental, you know, mRNA and DNA altering therapies, so-called that haven't been tested on animals even, um, you can't have those conversations. Those are considered dangerous. You have to be in the cult or else you're out. And so we yeah. see, we see they're just going to continue to get crazy, I think, because they're unstable people. Mm-hmm. And the, the good news is they're mentally unstable people. Uh, mm-hmm. And they're also poisoning themselves on mass, which means see you later, sayonara, eventually. Mm-hmm. So my sense and, and feeling was always just to prepare and be wise. Did you say, did you say in mass or on masks? On mass. <laughs> well, I think both can work in this case. <laughs> Sorry, please continue. <laughs> I think there'll be epitaphs of people that are proud of their mask wearing and their jabbing on their tombstones. Yeah. That's how bad it's gotten. Mm-hmm. So we're just thinking ahead and because we have eyes to see and ears to hear and we don't need to lower our frequencies with fear vibrations. We're just mm-hmm. being smart about it. We know yeah. they're coming after our food security and the, and the economy and all of the things. That we know their games and how they play them. So it's, uh, it's smart to get out of the way and let them do their insanity And then eventually they'll crumble in on themselves because it's just so unsustainable on so many levels. That's their chief fault 
They're mm. so cocky and they think they can do it. They, mm. they just think they can simply whip around a human being and, and modify them and alter them with all kinds of machinery and connect mm. them to all kinds of pinging EMF fields. And mm. that's just, and life will continue. That's how they think. It's mm-hmm. ridiculous. Life will be like, mm, yeah, no, this isn't working out. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is truly the inversion. You know, if, if, if you look at whether you believe in God or some form of, of, of creator, you know, their approach is the complete inversion of that. And it requires so much energy to maintain these lies. They have to control the media. They have to constantly be manipulating perception and keeping things away from people's eyes and putting other things in front of them. And Mm -hmm. Not everyone's going to see it. Not everyone wants to see it because it's it's too uncomfortable for them. But those of us that do are getting a place to, or if we haven't already planted a garden, getting some land where you can plant some food and and have a little bit more control over, um, you know, I, I don't want to say supply chains, but at least food, water, shelter, and some of the basic and community, some of the basic necessities that will become increasingly important in these in these coming years. Um, another skill that's going to become increasingly important in these coming years is becoming your own doctor, um, being able to take care and, and heal yourself, much like it was uh, uh, up until you know the early 1900s with the industrial medical complex and the, and the Flexner report which we can we can kind of discuss um but before that time you know mothers and midwives and you know the 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 tribe knew how to heal ailments and when people got sick it wasn't this process of isolating them in a sterile room and and it, it was people would gather around them and they would share energy and they would share natural remedies i i I'd like you to speak on where you see, uh, how you see this reemerging in the future and some of the most vital natural remedies that you would, that you will have in your apothecary. (laughs) Yeah. Well, uh, a lot of people, I'm encouraging a lot of people and have been, to become their own voice for themselves, to not be victims, and to mm-hmm. remember the folk remedies that we had, mm-hmm. and to get those in your arsenal and around you and understand them. And a lot of them just grow around your house or grow around you. Um, and are, you know, you can just walk out your door or walk down to a park and go like start looking at those things and see what they are and go home. And after you take a picture, go on like a, a forum that uh, looks at plants in your area and say, what's this? And they'll say, oh, it's a plantain. And then you can go look up plantain and you can understand what it's for and how to use it and how to grow it, how to pick it properly, how to dry it and how to store it and how to use it. I mean, this is something everybody can do. And it's always a tool available for you to heal all kinds of things. Um, So in this restructuring of my business, um, toward that is is exactly why you know I'm doing the protocols and the teaching, and it just it, a light bulb went on over my head, and I said I can't, I won't be able to sustain to continue to offer the services the way the old fashioned, <laughs> new fashioned way, which is this one on one. You give your power away to another person, and they're supposed to tell you what to do and that sort of stuff. It's just. Mm-hmm. It's end times for this. It's, it's everyone has to take action. And those mm-hmm. who do, 
take action for themselves and stand up for themselves and um, learn and, and put the work in, the rewards will be there. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no false savior coming. There's no, nobody ma- is making arrests and some sort of weird story going on. Like that's, there's no other, you know, Republic coming in and <laughs> enough. <laughs> it's, it's us that have to do it. Okay. Stop buying it's, the narratives. <laughs> Stop buying the fear narratives. <laughs> and also be careful of narratives that are trying to make you feel like everything's just fine and dandy and nothing. And somebody else is doing it. So if Do anybody's telling, yeah, if anybody's coming in and saying, don't worry, little ones, we've got you, we're protecting you and we'll do it or any talk like that, be very suspicious of it because that's exactly what they did in Russia um, with the whole Soviet Union and the fall of Russia and all of these things. They they had a counter coup, coup counter coup, and the, this, the controlled opposition story was exactly the same thing. There's some top secret military operation that's coming in to take down the evil ones and all this stuff. And what it does is it keeps you occupied in your mind, of course, you're not doing the prep work. Uh, and also you <laughs> end up relaxing and thinking there's nothing to do, right? And then you're set up to go into their cult because that's what they want. They want to harvest as many people as they can into their little game because even though they want to depopulate, they still need enough of us to run their their insane little video game fantasy or whatever the heck they want to do. So mm-hmm. um, just don't play the game. Just just get your head on straight and start to think about what would you do if you had a, a deep cut? You know, mm-hmm. uh, do you have a first aid book that you can go to to learn what to do so that you're not panicking? Do you have homeopathy in your arsenal? That would be for sure something to look at and gather all your first aid remedies through homeopathy, mm-hmm. uh, which they've been routinely working at destroying for hundreds of years. Mm-hmm. Um, and like Arnica to stop bleeding. I mean, people are having all these bleeding disorders from the, you know, the shot and mm-hmm. all they need to take to really try to get that under control is first of all, do some blood cleansing with some coffee enemas. I know you're a fan of coffee enemas too. <laughs> and uh <laughs> And do some blood cleansing with the, with the arnica as well, or support the blood with arnica. Get some DMSO on you, so that you're getting rid of the the waste the, that the DMSO will grab and remove. Uh, mm-hmm. Do lots of topical magnesium. I mean, you should be mm-hmm. buying up magnesium flakes by the by the kilogram at this point because you don't want to run out of that. And that's that you can get through plants, but it's much easier if you have it in like Epsom salts or flakes for the high mm-hmm. doses that you really need to keep your liver working well for you. Um, and then just plant remedies, foraging, how to do it properly. I mean, I, I do feel for people who haven't done any of it because it can be very overwhelming. So I just usually suggest to start somewhere. Totally. Pick away totally. at it. Yeah. I, <clears throat> you know, in, in early 2020, when that was when everything really kind of clicked for a while. And even when I wrote the biohackers guide to upgrade energy and focus, it was, there was like, it didn't make sense to me how there were, you know, why is there fluoride in our water and why are they using glyphosate and why? And then it was like, when I saw everything and it was, it was so obviously agenda driven, it like clicked. It was like, fuck man, they're trying to, you know? And I went and packed up my stuff. I was like, I got to get back to my family. I picked up an AR 15 you know, took a loss on my place and headed back here. 
you know, and, and we've been kind of, we just bought 65 acres in Western North Carolina. We've got tons of books on learning, you know, learning the plants in the area. It's like, it's like a naturally growing food forest for those listeners who are familiar with permaculture, where like, like 60% of the forest is edible. I just got to figure out which 60%, you know? (laughs) So it's, it is overwhelming, but it can also be fun. And there's resources on Amazon prime, like, like Marty Rainey and his, you know, his daughter, Misty and Matt, like they'll, they'll go on these homestead rescues where people bit off way more than they could chew and they'll come in and show them how to fix it. And you could pick up some tips and, and in a lot of these areas, especially, um, well, in the, in the Southern United States, I've been impressed with how many people just grew up with this knowledge. It's a part of like, they didn't necessarily learn how to start an internet business, but they could tell you if, if you've got a fever, what herb you need to dig up and make a tea out of or a tincture out of. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's, it's learning some new things and it's an exciting time to be alive. And it, it's, it's really a lot of it is your, your mindset and how you approach it and do you embrace it? Or do you kind of dig your heels in and, you know, pretend, you know, pretend there's no shark in the water? Yeah, those people won't survive the situation. They'll be pulled into the the cult, basically. Yeah. 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 Um, so any other remedies? I, I wrote down baking soda, ETDA, like suppositories for heavy metal chelation. That's not necessarily an emergency one. I, I I use hydrogen peroxide a lot, like food grade hydrogen peroxide for oral dilutions and and you know um, for oral health as well. Cemento, cat's claw, you of course DMSO and some of some of the things that you have on yumnaturals.store. Any anything else that deserves an honorable mention in the home apothecary outside of getting to know what nature provides in your area? Uh well MMS, chlorine dioxide solution, mm, that would be yeah. a very valuable one to stock up on. And a little goes a long way. So that's mm. it. And it lasts a long time too. So yeah, that, that stuff be, smells like bleach. Yeah, it's a nasty uh, smell and taste, which is it puts off a lot of people, and like it puts off me too. Trust me, I, I understand. But in, if you're really in a in a bad situation, you can use it for a lot of different applications that it can assist with. Mm-hmm. So it's a it's an electron donor, similar to what your hydrogen peroxide is giving mm-hmm. an electron. Um, just take it away from vitamin C. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really would stock up on some ascorbic acid or vitamin C or some level of vitamin C, make sure you do have enough of it. I know you can get it from a lot of plants, but if you need it in a pinch for, for high dosing, then it's good to have that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, even high dosing being like 10,000 to 18,000 milligrams in a day spread out, mm-hmm. you know, a thousand exactly. or two every hour. Yeah, exactly. And it can work for your pets. Well, at least for your dogs as well. So it's good to consider the same sort of idea, like what you would have for your animals um, on hand. Um, And then, yeah, other than the plant remedies and the homeopathy, those you've mentioned pretty much most of them, make sure you have enough coffee to do a coffee enema. And then I would say, just look up, look into urine therapy and understand that you don't have to buy anything when it's your own urine. Yeah. can help a lot of different situations, especially severe allergies. So say you're in the wilderness and you, the, the hospitals are not there anymore or whatever's happened's happened. The zombie mm. apocalypse is <laughs> at full swing. 
uh, and you have a true you know, histamine reaction, you have the antidote in your own urine within 20 seconds of that reaction. So mm-hmm. you can take a few drops, put it under your tongue. You can apply it. Say it's a bite, a sting. You can put it on that area. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can do different kinds of ingestion or topicals for it. And it's very, very powerful and not to be underestimated. And it's not really waste. A lot of people think it's just waste. And the kidney system will only go into dumping major waste if the body is really, really toxic to the point where it mm-hmm. has to, and it'll open up the cells. And at that point, a lot of people will be spilling protein, but normal, regular day to day, it's a bit of urea, 2.5% urea, and then a metabolic sort of snapshot of what's going on in your body that you're reinforming your body. Uh, and it's really a distillate and, and has some hormones, some, some proteins uh, or some amino mm-hmm. acids, I mean, and um, some vitamins and minerals. And, and you're, it's a recycling center because mm-hmm. it has to control excess. So once I learned that and I got, you know, I had such amazing responses and healing and I've been recommending it for a long time now. And I'm getting a lot. I've had a lot of feedback on what it can do. And so just to get over the the taboo and, and learn like Martha Christie's your own perfect medicine is one I often um, recommend or the water treaties is another one that's really helpful book that you can read. Like I said, you have the remedy in you. <laughs> so that's as, that's as easy and as cheap as it comes. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's interesting timing that you brought that up because you know, desperation when combined with an intelligent approach can get you to try things that you otherwise wouldn't. And, and I started trying auto urine therapy a few years ago when I wasn't feeling great. I I picked up a few books on it. And then I would just basically, um, you know, the first time I went to the bathroom in the morning, I'd let out a little bit. And then I'd, I started with like, you know, half a cup the first day and then did a full cup the, the, the second day. And, um, I started noticing a huge difference. And we've since had conversations with like Troy Casey, the certified health nut. He does it just about every day. He uses it as a, as a, as a facial tonic and he's in his his fifties and looks fantastic. And I know a lot of people that have had where they kind of got to the point where they said, okay, I've officially tried everything. I'm now willing to do this. And it helped them have some form of breakthrough, you know? So we're not here saying, Hey, you need to go drink your pee. Everyone's on a different journey, but you could look into it. And depending mm-hmm. on where you're at and if you're out of options, you know, it might be worth considering. And, mm-hmm. this, and there is a lot of truth to that analogy of like, if you get stung by a jellyfish, you know, you pee on it. That's it's most things that are poisonous. You can apply it topically as well as you mentioned. So thank you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And Great. I had a, I've, I've had many cases where it can really turn around bladder, uh, urinary tract infections, kidney infections. So especially Mm -hmm. for the, its own system, it can really um, help alleviate uh, all kinds of anything in the urinary tract and et cetera. So Mm -hmm. I love that. And, and I'm, I'm at a point right now where I'm getting increasingly excited about needing less and, and self-sourcing more. Like, for example, my, you know, my routine now is, and it's been a blessing that a lot of gyms closed with, with all this, but you know, I I still have weights and everything, but I'm trying to make my morning routine now. Like today I did 15 minutes on this Saju board. It's like a, a, a board of copper nails. 
that, you know, helps to stimulate the neurological system from the bottoms of the feet. And I made that like my morning meditation. And I've been, I've been getting back into my yoga practice that I got away from. And, you know, I made myself teach yoga because I'm just a better person when I'm doing yoga and, and, you know, and then I let myself stop. Right. And I'm like, how much of the things that we find ourselves getting this seeking energy where we're looking for all these solutions outside of ourselves. If we double down on meditation, if we double down on, on yoga and sunlight and, you know, maybe even auto urine therapy and some of these cheap things you and I've been discussing, might we not need the plasma phoresis? You know, we might not need to take the trips into the Bavarian forest or, you know, go down to, to get some stem cells from God knows where in Africa. You know what I mean? Not anyway, you get it. Um, (laughs) I digress for people who are interested in appreciating this conversation. Um, what are some of your, your top selling products at yumnaturals.store? Gosh, I have. I have a story on that one. <laughs> yeah, please. Well, um, years ago when I near, I think I was in year two or so, um, I don't know what had happened, but my daughter and I both started developing a cavity at the same time. Um, and I ha- have a feeling it actually had something to do with the smart meter. Um, but anyway, regardless, I was determined to heal it because I know that the body can heal all things. I don't mm-hmm. believe the lies were sold that only some sort of sorcerer can come in and give a suppressant or drill and fill or any of these ideas. Of course, we didn't use fluoride for a long time. My, my daughter's not really even been exposed to it at all. Um, and so I did research and I found uh, a, re, a remineralizing idea and I designed this this tooth um, paste, but I call it a, a tooth soap because I actually put a little bit of soap in it. Oh. Um, so I called it dub because that's the Gaelic <laughs> word for for black. So it's got activated okay. charcoal and it's a black one. It's way before any of the other ones were on the market. I I just knew that it also whitened. I thought, why not? You know, <laughs> everyone yeah. always wants these white strips and things. So we might as well whiten it as well. And I developed this this tooth soap. And uh, it, it healed our cavities. But not only did it do that, my the plaque uh, that I would always have to go, like every six months, I'd have to go to a hygienist just to get it to, to come off because I couldn't seem to keep up up on it. Like even with mm-hmm. regular treatment of myself with, uh, with floss and so forth, it would still be annoying in the back of my teeth. And I noticed with this that it would just crumble away and it wasn't even really developing. And so I just, I saved so much money, just not even going to the dentist anymore. And that's, that's the, we've been using it ever since. And that's really my, one of my top sellers. And, and then I went on Crow radio and he loves it. So he talks about it all the time. So that just went insane. I mean, we yeah, had people like banging on the doors for it and stuff like people just, my PA was like overwhelmed with emails and I just, it just happened. So that. That that's is a, crow crow triple seven with two R's, right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. You guys check that out. If you haven't, if you haven't listened to him, he's got some fantastic episodes. Absolutely. So, so then, uh, and then I go on the second time and then he mentions it again. And I'm like, Oh dear, well, this is going to be interesting. Um, but we've been able to keep up with demand. Um, and then the second most popular is my facelift in a jar, um, uh, skin cream 
because it's a DMSO blend that will, you know, take out the, the wrinkles in your face pretty nicely. So um, a lot of people, of course, care about such things, but also, you know, you don't want to have scars, old scars and old, you know, wounds and acne issues. And there's all kinds of things. So if you can get something that covers you and, and, and heals it and, and not just, you know, whatever these other stuff that creams do. Um, I really, my intention always when I was making things is I really, really want people to heal. I really want people to feel happy and to get what their needs met in one product or two products and just feel good about their lives and, and not buy all this crap and all these, you know, chemicals and things they're, they're putting on their skin, which is going into their body. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that, you know, that, that one really was very popular because it, it works and then people tell other people. And so those two, those two are the top sellers. Nice. And asking for a friend, if someone were to do a facial astringent as, as part of an auto urine therapy protocol and combine it with your facelift in a jar, would that be the order to do it? Or would you flip them or what would you recommend? Well, I, I mean, I do, um, urine therapy as well. I don't wash my face with it every day. I do it about three times a week. I'm going to be 47 in August. Oh, wow. And, um, I, I don't look a day over 29. Yeah. Thank you. Maybe maybe 27. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, I, 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 I think that we're not meant to age the way that we do. I think that's a metabolic problem. I think that's a, a way that we treat the body so poorly. We overeat and we, you know, people put so much toxins in their body. Of course, it's going to show on your skin. Your skin is eliminating 80 to 90% of your, of your waste through sweat and perspiration. So mm-hmm. if, can you imagine like what's sitting on these people's skin? So I would say um, you could try either way. I have people doing it in either direction where you start with the urine and then um, either leave it on, like just so it's like sort of pat dry, then apply the cream, sort of mix it in together. That would be probably the most practical uh, method. Mm-hmm. Uh, otherwise, there's the methods where you put anything on with DMSO, it will open the barrier. And then afterward, you were, you add an, another product or another something that you want to get embedded, mm-hmm. you know, deeper into the tissues. So. Fantastic. And while, while we're talking about us aging and perhaps at an accelerated rate, um, I've had a number of conversations uh, around deuterium and some people believe that it's it's related to this these high concentrations of this heavy isotope of hydrogen that's in our drinking water and a lot mm-hmm. of the foods that we consume. There's other people now, especially with how many people have have had, uh, dare I say, an awakening around vaccines. And you know they start looking into it and they go, "Wait, what was this Tuskegee experiment? Like they were injecting the African American community with syphilis." For how long? So it was obviously intentional. What else are in these things? Oh, heavy metals. Oh, those don't sound like they're good for longevity. You know what I mean? As people started waking up, you start realizing that even if you're, I almost find myself getting, and I got to come back to a place of love, but Mm -hmm. I, I get, I get a little bit annoyed when there's only talk about food you know, where it's just like diet and exercise, diet and exercise. And then, you know, the same person's like leaving whole foods to go next door to Walgreens and 
get injected with something that has has a, has a long track record of being made by criminals and 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 you know I would say wizards in a in a, in a fun way, but there's a lot of mm-hmm. wizardry that goes on with what they do, and you know is full of stuff that's not good for them, you know. Um, so I'm excited to kind of get back to a more natural way of living. And certainly like when I do get to a point where I'm settling down, choosing a partner where our kids aren't going to have, I mean, there's not going to be a vaccine discussion because my kids will not be vaccinated, you know? Um, what's your position on, on, on vaccines in general? I've, I've looked at a lot of data that, shows pretty much the death rates in in almost every case were already dropping off. Herd immunity had already been reached. Then the vaccine was released and hailed as the hero. Um, And then there's, there's other situations like with polio where it, it, it it has even been implicated, not necessarily proven that, that, that polio was caused by toxins like DDT and, and pesticides that were being used and they fabricated a, a pathogen to alleviate themselves of of um the, the, the you know the criminal litigation that would have ensued well if, if you've watched any of my videos in that i've you know come out with um it's nothing more than fraud it's absolute medical fraud on every possible level because mm-hmm. not only is it a lie upon a lie upon a lie uh the history's been rewritten um, the propaganda has been embedded, um, and you can't. If you don't dig, you can't find the truth about it. Uh, but also, the germ theory is fraudulent uh, idea and doesn't hold water in truth. Uh, even the contagion idea is false. Um, the virus idea is false. So the more you study and look and understand how the body works, the more you realize that none of these things that we thought are attributed to viruses even exist at all. Mm-hmm. So that's a big wake up call for a lot of people. And then the other understanding, of course, is if you have a cellular uh, in lineage inside of you, which we do, um, that's pleomorphic or polymorphic. When you take out any type of natural, normal microorganisms that our body makes for health and for mm-hmm. detox uh, and you remove it, the second you remove it, it changes its shape into another organism. So the artifacts that they're looking at under their synthetic microscopes with their staining techniques and all of their different alterations that they use, even agar, are not the same things that are inside our body. And the problem with the, um, the, sci- the scientism that is called science, the religion of science, the cult, is that they don't, they um, on purpose ignore actual science. They ignore natural science, meaning they will not look at the living blood. They will not study uh, what's happening inside the living blood. If they really wanted to know what these shots were doing, what they would do is what Dr. Andrew Molden did, which would be to witness what was happening in the moment of injection in that individual. And that right away, you would know this is poison. This is the body's reaction to poison. And this is dangerous. And we, we need to stop this insanity immediately. But instead, it was used and touted as some sort of miraculous prevention, uh, because of course, it's an excellent tool to control populations, to uh, damage fertility, to uh, harm uh, your children before you even know how brilliant they are. Because if you, if you poison the child at birth, 
you wouldn't know the level of IQ that it would have had <laughs> naturally. I do. I have a child who's never been to a to a one of these white coat coat um, scientists, uh, which are parading around like wizards, like magicians. Mm-hmm. Um, she's never been through the system once. So we had one X-ray because we were concerned about that tooth I was mentioning. And that was the end of that. Um, so what do we need it for? We don't. And actually, I would say 90 to 95 percent of all of the patients I've seen in my 15 years uh, if they had not been given any shots at all or intervened with negatively and had a normal natural birth without all kinds of ridiculousness, they wouldn't even be in my chair across from me. They would they would be healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, we can trace all of their ailments, all of their autoimmune issues, whatever you want to call that, uh, right down to being poisoned at a very young age. Mm-hmm. So it's it's um, it's a travesty against humanity. It's an attack. On humanity, that's what yeah. it is. Yeah, I'm. I, I'd, I'd like to dig in with you a little bit to terrain theory versus germ theory, um, mostly because I have some some questions myself. I align a lot more with terrain theory, and especially with what we know around how metals and certain microbes and and radiation can all interact, but. You know, we've we we had some some stories that I've been trying to reconcile. You know, and and we know people that have herpes simplex virus. You know, Epstein Epstein Barr and, and some of these things, or or at least a, a scenario where we know that if they get stressed, you know, they develop some sort of either a, a cold sore, or a lesion, or, or symptoms that do not reflect um, optimal health. Dr. Judy Minkovitz talks a lot about, she's brought a lot of awareness to um, XMRV and retroviruses and how some of these are in, 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 in certain injections and then what those can do once they're in the body. And then twice, well, at least once I've been bit by a tick and been knocked out pretty hard almost, almost immediately. Um, I'm not convinced that that's due to a bacteria. It may be, but I also know that some of these insects have um, toxins in them that can impact the the central nervous system. How how do you? And we had a dog that went and got really sick from parvovirus. At least that's what we were told, right? So I'm kind of looking at like I align much more with terrain theory. It makes a lot more sense to me. But then you have people talking about biological weapons and and you know, Borrelia burgdorferi was, was made in lab 257 on Plum Island and there's herpes simplex virus and retroviruses. I mean, how do you reconcile that in, in your model of the world? Well, as you begin to awaken and, and really clean, clean yourself up and lift your frequency, what you get are clearer and cleaner vision you have a, a eyes to see and ears to hear. And so you can see the liars and con artists and controlled opposition like Judy Mikevitz. And she's a fraud and a liar. And maybe she believes it. Maybe she deeply believes she, she identified some sort of virus and this is how it goes. It goes in the cell, whatever. But unfortunately, she's so deeply either indoctrinated, brainwashed or paid off that she won't look at the real science she refuses. So to me, she's a throwaway. She, she's not here to help. Clearly, she's here to mislead. So those people are not our friendlies. 
in in really awakening. They, to me, it's almost would you like, put would you put um, Kennedy in that same category? Mm-hmm, absolutely. We've we've wondered. My my brother and I both had some mixed feelings about him in the children's health defense. I haven't given it a lick of my attention because I know that they talk at both sides of their mouth. Anybody who's got a forked tongue, I'm not interested in anything they have to say. Mm-hmm. I don't care even if half of it's true. The other half isn't true. So mm-hmm. why would I put myself in their field or why would I support them? I mm-hmm. really want the crisp truth. And you know what? I understand making mistakes. That's okay. We all make mistakes. I've made mistakes. Mm-hmm. But it's about correcting the mistakes. It's about moving forward and admitting the mistakes and saying, you know what, I've looked at it again, and this is just not true, or this doesn't seem to be the case. Um, mm-hmm. This is what I'm finding out now. What do you think? That sort of humbleness, that sort of uh, interaction with people, that sort of logic and wisdom and grounded centeredness, right? Rather than this absolute fear propaganda and, and misleading confusion, because that's how they do it, right? Because, so say you read a story, you read a study about coffee being bad for you, and then you read another study about coffee being good for you. And say you're the general public and you're reading all this stuff and you don't know what to think anymore, do you? Because you're so confused mm-hmm. that you don't even know what's up and what's down. And that's what these, that's why they play both sides. That's the game. Whether mm-hmm. they're puppeted, whether they're paid, I, I don't even really, it doesn't even really concern me. What I know is I don't pay them much mind. So what's important is that what's happened is they have flipped things, they've inverted things. This is what they're famous at doing. So they've taken a normal, natural exclusion of the body, something that the body's removing. They have taken it and said, instead of the effect of a disease process in the body, it is now the cause of a disease process in the body. So this so-called breakdown product that they're calling a virus which can be breakdowns of your own cell tissues or mm-hmm. of your own pleomorphic cells called somatids that came in to actually repair DNA, RNA, cellular structures, or to make sure that waste particles or other poisons were properly removed in a timely manner. Those things were then blamed as the cause of the symptoms that you see. And the mm-hmm. symptoms are blamed as also being a problem rather than understanding the way the body actually works in harmony with all things, with all your organ systems, to remove those processes requires symptomatology, requires either a mucus formation, something pushing out through the skin. If your body is not functioning optimally, which is through the blood, through the lymph, and through the liver, then guess what? When you're stressed, you're going to have a quote, quote unquote herpes outbreak because the body that was maintaining your nerves, nervous system poisoning by absorbing it through the blood and through the liver can no longer do that job because the adrenals are now overwhelming the system. So now its best route out is through your skin. It's a brilliant, incredible, high-minded, created body that is perfect as it is. It does not need alteration on any level. And this is the con. So you don't blame the flies for causing the garbage, do you? So why would you blame the virus for causing the symptoms is a waste product of the process. That's it. So all of the things that they are looking for in your in your waste, they're saying is the is the cause. They're one hundred and eighty percent flipped in their awareness. Mm. Mm-hmm. 
And, and Dr. Th- Thomas Cowan's book, The Contagion Myth, does a pretty good job touching on that for people that want a little bit more information. And um, for someone listening who might say, well, what, what about all the, all, all the work of, of Pasteur? You know, he, he, proved, he proved germ theory. And this, this was something else that was completely outside my awareness until, until the past year or, or, or so. Um, mm. Maybe you could speak on that a little bit. Well, you can read the book by R.B. Pearson, Louis Pasteur, Plagiarist and Fraud, and get the idea of the time and what a big fat loser he was and an idiot and a a mason. So he was a scam artist and he was copying the work of Claude uh, Bernard and Beauchamp and all of these incredible people who knew that the germ did not cause a disease, that they could not satisfy Koch's postulates. By taking the germ and separating it out from all its vesicles, and that's called purification, which they've never done. They've never isolated and purified a virus. They can use those words all they want, but they've never done it. Even Mikevitz herself has had to admit that they cannot remove so-called virus from its encapsulation. That's not called isolation then. There's another article involved. So they've never done that. So they have to prove, though, that that specific germ when put into a healthy host, will not only get sick from it, but will get sick in the exact same way as somebody else who has it presented gets sick. Mm -hmm. And they have never been able to do that properly. So Mm -hmm. right there, we have already the science, but they won't do that science, of course. Even the original papers on this this, uh, corona scam they say in it, in the China paper, we did not satisfy conscious postulates in right. this procedure. And it doesn't seem to be important to anybody. These facts. No, I know. Amazing. <laughs> it seems like the most important thing that that very few people find important. It's alarming. It's really, really alarming. That yeah. there, we have people, even in the holistic fields, like you alluded to, that are absolutely falling into this honey trap and are forgetting every book they may have read about natural healing and holistic understanding of the body. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's, it's shocking to me. I think probably the only people who, who would know what's going on are the live blood cell um, analysis uh, people who do that kind of clinical work. <laughs> I'm sure they're all freaking out right now, seeing that the, the quaxinated, as I call them, come in and seeing their blood look like uh, spikes all over their, their blood because it's so deformed. By, by being given this this poison, right? Yeah, yeah. So, okay, so we touched on terrain theory. And please let me know if if, if, if I'm cutting into anything you're, you're, you're fascinating to chat with. And I, I'm sure our listeners are going to enjoy it a lot. Um, we, you know, I've, I had this conversation with my brother because both of us align a lot more with, with terrain theory. And then you see these, these, Clearly, one of the strategies through the media and, and and the medical wizards is divide and conquer, you know, turn people against themselves. Mm-hmm. So then we, we're now seeing these narratives of of viral shedding from the vaccinated. Right. And my brother was asking me about that. And, and, and um, you know, we were we've been making steps to put together like a conscious eco community in Western North Carolina near where we got land so that, you know, it's people that have one another's backs and kind of get it. You're not living in suburbia where your neighbor may want to call the cops on you if you're gardening without a mask on or some sort of nonsense in the coming years. Um, And he asked me if, if, you know, what my thoughts were on that. I'm like, in my heart, I feel like it's nonsense. 
I feel like it's another divide and conquer strategy to further push us apart. And, you know, I can't say that I'm, 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 you know, all in or most of the way in with a couple of, you know, questions on terrain theory and then be like, oh, the vaccinated are shedding protein, you know, the spike proteins and I can't be around them. You know, they don't really go hand in hand. What are your thoughts on on that with the viral shedding? Is it a divide and conquer strategy in your opinion? Well, you know, one of the things I've said before is, is evil isn't stupid. Evil is actually quite genius. And mm-hmm. This is a long-held plan. This is not something they've come up with overnight or, oops, there's this sudden virus and now we've come up with a quick solution and they're so miraculous. Like, this is long planned. Mm-hmm. Um, so they already knew what their experiments were going to be. Uh, they have plans to genetically alter us into whatever their little wet dream AI nightmare is. Um, and I think they're so cocky, they actually think they can do it. Uh, however, the bot again, like I said, they underestimate the brilliance of the creator, the brilliance of the body, the brilliance of the natural world. So I think they will fail ultimately. But in the meanwhile, we have them openly, and they've said these are experiments. They, they it, that's why they have to have emergency use only. That's why they keep the lockdowns the way they have because they can't do it otherwise because it hasn't even gone through animal trials. It's also why they're suppressing some of the things that work like ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine and sunlight, you know, because if there are cures available, they can't maintain this this state of emergency where the vaccine is the only option. Well, there's all kinds of controlled opposition involved with that stuff because ivermectin is a poison, uh, poisons the body. That's why parasites die. Um, Hydroxychloroquine is a poison. That's why parasites die. Um, it's another ruse. It's irrelevant. There's no such virus. There's no such disease. It's all the initial situation was really a 5G, um, you know, turning up the, if you've ever read Invisible Rainbow by Arthur Kersenberg, he explains how you can really mess around with people's oxygen by damaging the oxygen every time you've upgraded your uh, tech and it Mm -hmm. damages the ether. Again, this is all because of designed ignorance. You mm-hmm. propagandize your population. You keep them in the dark. You put them into the government schools so the kids are idiots. You fluoridate them. You keep them dumb. You keep their stomachs inflamed with fast food. They can't think their way out of this one. doesn't matter if you have a, a, a computer in your pocket, which everybody does. They don't even know how to use it to find their way out of this maze. Mm-hmm. So the problem is, is that these the, there's no disease that's new other than the one they caused at the beginning to make it look like there was a new disease so they could ride out their con job, okay? Mm-hmm. There's no cure. You, you don't use another drug to suppress an action of the body, okay? Mm-hmm. If you want to heal your body, yeah, sunlight, yeah, grounding, yeah, drinking water, yeah, all those things, of course. But that's, again, those stories in this, you know, frontline doctors don't know what they're talking about because they're all in the germ theory. It's all just a big waste of your time. Just walk away from it. They're they're trying to waste your precious life force so you're not prepared for what they're doing. That's the game. And it's both, like I said, it's a ping pong, both sides. They want us just wrapped up talking about it all the time and what they're doing while they're doing it. So we don't know. Obviously, there's some phenomenon that we see where we interact with other people and they affect us. We know that exists. Mm -hmm. Just because somebody told you It's some free-floating particle in the air, and that's what does it. That was what the story was embedded inside of your mind. That's not what actually happens. 
you know, the topics we don't talk about are about energy fields. <laughs> nobody talks about ether. Nobody talks about energy fields. Nobody talks about emotional fields, heart fields. There's a heart math institute that has it all mapped out. If you want to go see that happens to be just the amount of social distancing that you would need to connect with another human, by the way. Um, no one talks about intuition. No one talks about the energy systems inside of our body. And what that would do if you start messing around with ether, you start messing around with emotions, if you start poisoning people en masse, what does that do to your energy field? And if you're around someone else, then what does it do when your, your fields interact? Well, it could do a lot of things. It could trigger a lot of things too. And what about people who live in the same household, who are of the same genetic display, who have the same eating habits, have the same emotional habits, the same exposures into their space? That's when people get sick together. And, and I think there's also pheromones involved. And I talked about that earlier, that if your hormones are messed up because you've taken poison, then what's pinging off of you uh, from a hormonal level that's affecting other people? Because some of the things people are saying is that their, their menstrual cycles have been messed up mm -hmm. and uh, or some women have even miscarried from just being around those who've had the shot. Well, Could that also be 5G? It could also be 5G. It could also be the magnetic DNA particle that they might be experimenting with in like a percentage of the people who've had it. They might be, they've some, done some RFID chipping in some people and that's affecting people because they're radiation. But here's, here's the problem. We get tied up for a long time, don't we? So they've got us where they want us because all we end up doing is getting hooked in to what they, to, to researching what they're doing while well, they're two, three, four, five steps ahead of it. Mm -hmm. That's what I started to notice because I would just get pulled into the whole research thing and figure it out. And I finally figured it out and then we're on to the next thing, aren't we? Mm -hmm. So we must be very aware. I, it's a, we don't want to be afraid, but I personally am keeping my energy field high or my frequency and, and my field clean. And I'm not interested in being around the vaccine because I think their fields are collapsed I think they're being puppeted by entities or all kinds of stuff. We don't even know. Most people have no clue about what this place is and, and how it's run and what they're doing and who they are. Mm -hmm. And I know people are like, yeah, if anybody even says stuff like that, then they're, the fluoride's already worked on them because they have no idea how to even go and research such topics or use discernment when looking at information. And you practice discernment by making mistakes, just like when you're a kid and you make mistakes and that's how you learn, right? Like if my daughter makes a mistake, I say, guess you're going to be a genius in that thing because you're really going to figure it out, right? Because you keep making mistakes. So it's the same thing, but then eventually you're supposed to figure it out. It's meant like that. This maze is not meant to be where you get lost in it forever, but they've, they've uh, angled it to such a degree that it's hard, getting harder and harder to get out of their trap. And it's just some people are probably too far gone to even have these conversations. I mean, people still think we went to the moon for crying out loud. I mean, you know, I know I really? almost, I had a list. I had a list of things here that I thought would be fun for us to discuss, but we still have so much health related stuff, but like, yeah, people still believe we're on a spinning ball and in infinite blackness. And then, and then like we went to the moon and then we just went to Mars and like this and that. It's, yeah, it's there's a car, it, there's a car floating past what Jupiter now or something. Like, yeah. That's kind yeah, of, this and, and, and of course, like, look there, the, you know, the, the opposite of of round earth that 
I, I think could be a trap. What we're in, I don't know. It's a realm of some sort, but I can certainly tell you that it's not a spinning ball in infinite blackness. And it's like, not the, moving, that's for sure. It ain't moving. moving. Look at, watch the sun in the sky. If we were spinning at like 24,000 miles an hour or whatever it is, or if the earth had a curvature of eight inches per mile squared, none of this would hold up. None of the architecture, these huge bridges, you do lighthouses, all that stuff falls by the wayside. And yet you bring that up to someone... The very first episode I even talked about it immediately had a review from probably one of the bots that was like, he's a flat earther. And I'm like, I, I never said that. And then, you know, con conspiracy theorist whack job. And I'm like, okay, fine. you know what? I'll embrace it now at, at this point. But um, at this point, you got to go all the way. If you're, if you're awake, I'm you're awake. In. That's it. I mean, that's, yeah. that's it. I, I, and, I, and, I, and I want to be more awake. You know, I enjoy conversations like this so that you could be like, dude, ignore the shills. You know, like you're, it's, neither of them are right. Um, so let's talk about that a little bit because I know you're you're a practitioner of Reiki, and we mentioned Arthur Fistenberg's book, The Invisible Rainbow. And one of the things that that he had mentioned in that that I'd like to test, but I don't know how, was essentially that you know we have the Earth's um, electromagnetic field and the bottoms of our feet, which when we're barefoot and connected to the earth are, are negatively charged and able to absorb that almost through like a gradient, you know, where, and, and our hands as well, negatively charged. And then our body, like a battery goes to where the top of our head is positively charged. And, and this is, you know, we, we are the conduit between like the sun and the ether and the earth, right? Perhaps you could speak a little bit more on how that pertains to Reiki. And mm -hmm. then just so that your subconscious can be thinking, I'd like your opinion on some other critical tools for this coming decade and, and daily or weekly practices to develop those tools. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a, it's one of those, all of these terms, people have their own belief systems around and they have their judgments. And what I notice about people who judge things like the earth or like Reiki is they actually know nothing about those topics whatsoever. And yet they mm -hmm. condemn them, judge them, name call the people who have done months and months of research or very experienced in it and are open-minded. They're not in a cult or they're not in a false belief system. Mm -hmm. um, but they still, they haven't done the work. I mean, how I even came to the understanding that we don't live on a ball is because I sat, sought out to disprove the idea completely. And I, I realized it was correct so, um, you know, it's that sort of understanding that if you just just hold back your ego for a second, if you think, oh, well, that's it, where you're going to come in with a criticism, mm -hmm. ask yourself the amount of hours you've put into that topic to really be clear, because you can, I believe in skepticism and being a critical thinker, but in order to, to be skeptical and to be a critical thinker, you actually have to do the, the legwork, you actually have to read both sides of the information properly. So that's what I usually say to people who go and attack you for all these kinds of things is things as if we're just some sort of floating around like drooling, drooling idiot. No, we've done some really great <laughs> amounts of work to figure this out and inner work as well. Mm -hmm. So with the, so one of the first modalities I was very interested in was hands-on healing. And the main reason was because my own father has a natural uh, approach to healing with his hands and he naturally wanted to touch people who were ill, his hands would get very extremely warm when someone was ill. And I had the same phenomenon. Uh, so I just followed in his footsteps and I knew that laying on of hands is a healing modality. I don't care what you call it. 
I don't subscribe even to the name of Reiki. I, I just do it because people understand some level of what it is when you say that. Uh, but if you get into the Christian cult, they attack people, anybody who dare do Reiki. Uh, I mean, it's, it's unbelievable how you could say something that is actually connecting to our creator and asking the creator to pour love, light, energy, whatever you want to call the creator's love through you to bless someone else with it by proxy, to ask on their behalf, like a priestess would do, a priest would do that. Mm -hmm. The original shaman and priests, they were um, acting as proxy for people who maybe they weren't able to, to fortify their, their creative, um, their creator connection. Maybe they were broken in some way, or maybe they were too disheartened or whatever it was. Or maybe when you have a bunch of people together who are connecting to, with the creator in love and in truth and in, in for, with the intention of healing and with that purity, that that's very powerful. And so if you want to call that Reiki or you want to have systems around it or you want to have rules around it and modalities, of course, people are going to develop those things. I learned about nine different kinds of energy healing uh, all the way, even before I started naturopathic college, I was very interested in these. I learned magnified healing, which is a Kuan Yin system. I did this um, this uh, DNA style uh, hands-on healing. I just, I couldn't get enough. I needed to know what is this all about? What are the different approaches? And it's really simple. We have a bioelectric system. We emit a field and those fields um, have the sickness even sitting in the field. And so if we can purify said fields by bringing in light or the thought of light, uh, different colored lights, different intentions of light um, or symbols, symbols that are um, used for goodness, then you can actually affect those fields through that interaction. Mm -hmm. uh, we have uh, nadis, which are little acupuncture points in the body that connects to our field, that the fields interact with and come into our form. So from the, the subtle fields into the dense fields, which is our physical body. And then we have the main ports that have all of the connection of all of those inroads or tubes called the chakra system. And that's how we identify with different parts of our organ systems, our emotional systems. And you can figure a lot of things out in understanding which of those uh, portal systems are imbalanced. And so what I ended up doing with all the different learning is sort of amalgamate a lot of it into a format by which I can connect in person or in distance because there's really no time and space. And if you understand any like frequency healing, you know that it's through the ether, which is through DNA, which is spinning no matter where you are. So <laughs> the only thing really spinning is that. Um, and you can affect it with love, really. It's really about if you can put love in the picture and it can heal people. And you don't have to have some special training to do it. It's not anything like that. You just have to have some understanding that if you interact with someone's field, you can pick up stuff from them and you want to purify and disconnect from the field properly after you do so. So mm -hmm. that's the Reiki idea. Um, I don't use symbols uh, like how the traditional Reiki is. I was um, attuned. So it means that you kind of make yourself like a specific sort of tuning fork when you do attunement work so mm -hmm. that you refine yourself as a tool for healing with those sorts of modalities. There's nothing sinister about it whatsoever. I would never be guided to something like so disgusting, ever. In my, it is the most beautiful 
experience for all, all involved. And in the years and years that I've done this work, um, those people always find their path. It, to me, that's really what it does. It helps them find themselves again and hone their path to what they were doing before they got, you know, swooped aside by the by whatever it was that did that to them. And they find their answers and they feel empowered because they, it, it's not about somebody telling them what to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they come to it in their own way, which is so rewarding and validating to them mm-hmm. that it, it's that the healing is deep. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for, for people who are Christians or just believers of, of, of any faith, really, um, you look at the way that like the stories of Jesus Christ and the way that he uh, approached his interactions with the sick or the people that were in need of, of, of healing. It wasn't social distancing. It wasn't fear-based. It was it was love based and a lot of times putting hands on them in, in, a, in a similar fashion to what you're describing. We've just given it different names. What for people who want to continue to clean themselves, to elevate their vibration, who are committed to to this part that that part of this process, um, are there any resources that you would point them to, or or, or books that you believe should be in everyone's library? Well, ultimately, I really like Vibrational Healing um, by Dr. Richard Gerber, because I think that helps from a scientific perspective, understand that we're interconnected in, in the, through the ether and that uh, your mind is very powerful and that we project outward through our minds and that creates our reality and how involved that is. And that as you escalate up the, up the spiral of your awareness, that you get more keys to the castle, meaning that you get more responsibilities with energy. So you're able to manifest in a, in a more um, magnificent capacity because that means you're not going to like do devious things or try to manifest things that are inappropriate. Uh, so as you become more adult in your spiritual progression, you're able to, to become more crisp with your creations. So I really like that book for people who are maybe on more beginning of, of things. Um, and then for someone who was a clairvoyant, if you want to, uh, Barbara Brennan, Hands of Light, I recommend that because it helps you understand the field, the chakra system, what it looks like, what she saw in fields that are, were diseased, how interactions of fields can happen. I'm sure many people have had uh, gone into a room where there's someone who's very um, negative and they came out feeling also negative or had the experience of somebody um, who's very dramatic dumping on them a story that was upsetting to them emotionally. And after they feel like they're carrying the weight of those that person away, um, or even someone who's very empathic, like myself, uh, being around a lot of people can be very exhausting because you're like a sponge or people see you as a dumping ground because you're, you're very clean. So anywhere where there's some space to put some junk <laughs> gets shoved, you know, so a lot of empaths get treated like that. And that was really why I sought out anything to do with anything really in the very, very beginning, because I, I, I would go through into walk through malls and I would come up with arthritis. And I was like, why do I have arthritis? I'm, I'm like 16. I shouldn't have arthritis all of a sudden. Right. And I realized I was picking up stuff from other people that are definitely not contagious. Uh, so, I mean, cancer is supposedly caused by some kind of virus, but then if that's the case, then cancer should be contagious. But is it? No, it's not. So it's, it's all bull crap. So what really is happening is energy fields uh, overlapping. And depending on your subtype, you might pick up on those things. 
Uh, and the clairvoyance I was experiencing also was quite um, overwhelming and I didn't understand what I was experiencing and no one could explain it to me. And I thought it was actually a normal thing to see, you know, other entities or, or like ghosts or orbs or trees breathing. <laughs> like you don't see the tree breathing. Okay. I don't know what's wrong with you. <laughs> the tree's breathing. You can see that, right? <laughs> no, I can't. Oh, okay. My invisible friend over there is, is actually invisible. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Never mind. Um, I see what's going on here. <laughs> and so um, I started to look up books on empathic awareness so that if you are that type of sensitive individual, um, there's uh, there's some books. Um, I'll remember her name in a minute. That uh, has a, a lot of different. Um, uh, her name's Judy as well. Uh, Judy, I'll, I'll I'll remember her name in a minute. But anyway, she has some really great empath guides that are pretty simple that just help you like tune into yourself and go, wait a second, is that me or not me? Is that my energy or not mm-hmm. my energy? You know, mm-hmm. um, and so you can identify who's you and who's not you. And once you do that on an energetic level, then you can, you become strong and, and you're able to actually shield yourself better. Uh, from those interactions and um, and then you become actually more anchored in yourself and more confident as well and all those kinds of things. So I'll remember her name in a minute. And is your book Healing with DMSO still available on Amazon? I, I think so. I mean, I don't okay. really, um, but my publishing company does all that stuff. And I mean, it's been translated into multiple languages. It's all over the place. Um, and so any major bookseller will have it like Barnes and Noble and all those places they, they carry it. But if you want to get it from me, cause if you buy it from me, I sign the books. Um, mm. Then it's healing with DMSO.com or on my yum, yum naturals uh, dot store website. Beautiful. And before we kind of wrap it all up and land the plane, um, cause I know you have other things to do as well. Um, and, and you share with, you know, where people can stay up to date with cool things you're working on. What do you feel are one or two of the most dangerous pernicious lies that most people buy into i've i've found myself looking deeper into evolution and darwin and you know the big bang and some of the stuff that's put out there by neil degrassi tyson you know you mentioned the, the 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 moon landing like to me more and more of these are starting to feel like nonsense and and you know what what do you feel is like one of or, or one or two of the most most dangerous, pernicious lies that many people believe? Um, yeah, I, I, her name is Judith Orloff. So I just wrote Judy hmm. Empath. I'm like, no, her name's Judy something. Judith Orloff, and the first book I read was called Second Sight. Second um, Sight, thank yeah. you. Uh, the, I would say from all of this, <laughs> going through what I've gone through, is one that somehow we were primitive and now we're advanced. I think that is the most, the, one of the biggest lies uh, out there. I think we've been degraded and we're, we, we've been through the dark ages. This is the dark age now. Mm-hmm. That what we were was magnificent. And what they've done to us is a travesty and disgusting. And I am deeply, deeply disappointed and angry inside that I have to work through because what we had was beautiful here. We had the garden, we had the garden of Eden, we had free energy. We had, if you look at all the Antiquitech and all the star forts and all the things that we were, we had, we had it. So something happened, the fall or an attack or a mistake or something has happened. And these vultures have taken advantage of our downtime, our moment of weakness and have come in and have stolen everything 
have lied about everything, have hidden our history, have rewritten history, and continue to do so. And right now we're in another reset where they're going to wipe out populations, rewrite the history again, lie again, hide the truth again. And we are, we've got to stop them this time. It's got to end. They keep doing this over and over again. And it's got to stop because everything will just be demonic going forward. They'll just raise up hell and this realm will be a hell realm. That's it. So something, something went terribly awry because we can't even build the buildings that once were. We don't even have the knowledge and awareness of how those were even constructed. And they've been destroying them. They've been breaking down these gorgeous, incredible historical buildings and it sickens me what the what they do. So that's that's one of the most I think biggest lies is that we were we were somehow cavemen, yeah. idiots who couldn't figure out fire or something, and then all of a sudden we came from a fish or some sort of evolution bullcrap. Yeah, and, Richard you know, Dawkins selfish gene yeah. crap. So much li- that the evolution lie I would say is thrown in there as one yeah. of the biggest con jobs ever. Yeah. And then I would say one of the most dangerous of our time now is the uh, global warming climate change hoax. Oh, yeah. It is absolutely bloody ridiculous and absolutely insane and shows you exactly that the uh, if the mind is blind, so too are the eyes, because mm-hmm. all you gotta do is look up and see they fucking spray the crap out of us every bloody day. And the beautiful blue sky turns to haze and they control our weather with harp, and next rad stations and all kinds of ionospheric heating and all kinds of crap that clearly shows there are no oversight bodies left. They have taken over every single one of our checks and balances for responsible so-called science and technology. Where are those people? Where are the groups that just say, hey guys, we probably shouldn't chemtrail and, and overheat our ionosphere. We probably should stop doing these things that are creating really bad weather formations and damaging populations. We should look at that. How about weather warfare? People have no clue. And they think no. you're a conspiracy nut. I think you're an idiot because you obviously yeah. are really, really dumb and mm-hmm. really, really blind because that one is right literally in everybody's face. All they do is look, put their damn device down, stop you know, farting around on their video games and look up for a couple minutes. Just watch the sky through a day. You see it everywhere. When you start, when you start looking for it, it's all over the place. It's all over the place. So that one we need to break through because that's going to be their next crap that they're, you know, once this viral failure happens, they're going to say, oh, well, it was so good when you slaves were locked down because the environment has bounced back so well. Yeah. That uh, we should just continue locking down. I think I think it's a wonderful idea. And hey, we should block out the sun because what's the sun for anyway? We don't need it. We don't Do you, need that, right? Yeah. I mean, this is yeah. insanity. insanity. It is. It is. And you know, I went hard trying to rally people up, and and I was like, guys, we got to get together. We need to do something now. It's going to be bad. It's going to be even worse if they get us into this crypto system and they can just switch it on and off. You know, like now is the time to take action. And and what I experienced was what you and I talked about offline, which where it was like ten percent of people were like, f yes, what do we need to do? You know, we started forming this eco community in North Carolina, and the other ninety percent were like, are you on medication? Like, what the fuck is going on with you right now? So (laughs) I use that as a transition because what I have come to based on 
the interactions that I'm, I'm having, including interactions with people that I've known for decades, is that my best option and the best option for our family, there's, there's no way in hell we'll, we'll ever get this experimental jab. I'm not going to call it a vaccine. When I do, mm-hmm. it's an accident. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're basically going to be homesteading and much more self-reliant. The solution that I came to after much angst and, and those types of interactions was non-participation. That was the, that was the best that I could do. And, and, and it pains me in some ways because I do like, not in a materialistic way, but I like being able to buy things if I want them, Mm -hmm. you know, but I've also recognized that there is a tremendous amount that, that, that monetary system was created by demonic entities, or at least people that may be controlled by them, you Mm -hmm. know? Do you have a better solution than non-participation in homesteading? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's really called changing yourself from the inside up and remembering your manifestation powers. I think you know if you if you just tear it all away for a second and just bare bones it, right? Mm-hmm. And assume the best, meaning we're put in this realm for a good reason. There's a reason why we're here. Obviously we were created. Obviously there's a very grand design going on here. Obviously there's incredible systems. There's a sky clock for goodness sake. I mean, it's yeah. intricate, it's detailed, it's specific, right? There's signs above all the time. So obviously there's there's seasons and, and moments in which we are supposed to achieve something. So if we are here to achieve something, then what is it? And what is it showing us in our reality that we need to do next? And to me, it just keeps telling me, raise your frequency, change the, from the inside. I'm eating less food. I'm breathing more prana. I'm, I'm stopping the density stuff. All the things that, that keep me anchored into this 3D whatever, mm-hmm. I, I do less of it. Everything that does that, I'm less and less of it. But yeah. I still feel, it's weird. I don't feel that new agey thing, which is floaty and dissociated. It's different. It's like I'm more inside of my body somehow. It's mm-hmm. really weird. It's like a paradox. Mm-hmm. So I think, yes, we're going to ch- make our new systems. Like the way that it's been coming at me and the approaches have been, we're creating our own everything from all over. Like we're going to take over the hospitals. We're going to do our own holistic medicine again. And all this is eventually going to happen. It's mm-hmm. the, it's the, the Kali Yuga time where we see all the shadow. So basically all of the hidden stuff is now being revealed. This is the great reveal. That's the apocalypse. That's what this is. It's right. So mm-hmm. we're seeing who the demons are, who, what the, what's been going on in front of our faces all along. And we're able to pinpoint all of the shadow work that needs to be done. And if we each continue to do the shadow work and transform that, then we will achieve what we're meant to. And that means finding our specific purpose. And it's that next increment closer to source. It's it's just coming up the ladder, the next rung. And if you do the work, I think you'll achieve that. And we don't need to worry about the rest of it because if we're getting crisp with our manifestations, then we'll be able to manifest whatever we need. Why would we have to even, at that point, why would we have to even stockpile anything really ultimately, right? So not to be airy-fairy about it, I'm, I'm actually feeling like that's what we're supposed to work toward is, yeah. is ascension or whatever that means, which is the next yuga is coming. The next, you know, click in the sky is about to come. And it's supposed to be 
you know, a fresh age. And, and that idea is one of knowledge. So the next age that comes is supposed to be Aquarian, which is an age of knowledge, right? Mm. And look what we're already doing. Look at the amount of knowledge that's just surfacing and we're we're having these conversations. Did we even have this level of conversation about germ theory versus train theory since this whole thing? No, I mean, I was talking about it, but there weren't a lot of people talking about it. No, a lot of people are talking about it in our circles, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. things that were hidden or things that we weren't having the conversation, we're starting to, we're getting into that knowledge base. So I feel we're just going to transition over into the next age and all that cannot is in that heavy density of the illusion or the, the, the old age will, will be swept away. It can't come with sort of idea. That's what it feels like to me. And that's, you know, Dolores Cannon, I didn't, I didn't subscribe to everything she said, obviously, because she was a ball earther and whatever, but um, <laughs> I. <laughs> you probably wasn't I, on the internet enough to like put it, the pieces together. <laughs> well, also, also when you do that work, you, you still have your beliefs that you work with, right? So you can have um, your higher knowledge come through, but if you have a, st- a stagnant or a stuck belief paradigm, you're going to still see it through that filter. So you have to understand mm-hmm. what filter that person's working with and then be able to discern the information from it. So she had some very valuable, valuable information. And one of it was that she was talking about this time coming where there would be a slip between the worlds, right? Mm-hmm. There would be two earths, as she said. Mm-hmm. And so I, that stuck with me all those years. It stayed with me. My, my spiritual teacher would say, oh, file that one. You know, it, fi- mm-hmm. it filed itself. Mm-hmm. And it was, this is where it is. This is why we're like, well, why are these people so asleep? And they believe what they believe. It's insane. They actually think government's here to help you and all this sort of stuff. Right. And then we're awake and we're, we can't meet the mind anymore. Right. It's a real split, isn't it? So I think we're witnessing whatever this is. So we need to just rejoice in the fact that it's happening because we already were the misfits or the black sheep, as they call or whatever, that never really fit into this nine to five malarkey in the first place. So we're finally going to have the time to rebuild things in a really beautiful way. And I don't know what happens in the hologram to those people. I, I, it's not my responsibility to know, obviously, but it's our responsibility to listen continually inside of ourselves and work really well at trying to understand what we're being shown to do moment to moment and take very strict discipline with ourselves with our cleansing practices, our meditation practices, our stretching and movement practices, our earthing practices, all of these things that we know strengthen us and, and achieve what we need to do to crispen that relationship. And then, then we'll see, won't we? And I'm sure it's glorious because as you know, with any manifestation, if you give it to the creator, you know, it's always embellished in ways you wouldn't even even imagine you could come up with. <laughs> you know, it's always mm-hmm. like, oh, it's even more, it's even better. I wouldn't even thought that, you know, that sort of thing. So mm-hmm. I think if we prepare ourselves to be wonder in wonderment and we expect that and we, because I don't know if you've ever read Power Versus Force. That's another book I would recommend, even though he's a glober. Um, it's still a very valuable book. It's uh, David Hawkins. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's excellent because it helps you understand vibrational rate and emotional emotional energy. Why do you think they want everyone locked down in this fear state? Well, it's because it's it's a very dense energy that they can manipulate, but they yeah. can't touch you if you're in an unconditional love vibration. They just can't. Mm-hmm. So that's our that's our answer, really. That's great. 
Well, I'm going to do a little pitch for you and then turn it over to you to cover anything that not, not pitch, but just for, mm -hmm. for people that have resonated with any part of, of this interview, um, pick up your book, Healing with DMSO, available everywhere books are sold. You have your uh, yummy.doctor, which is more informational site. And then you've got your yumnaturals.store where they could pick up things like your uh, your facelift. Was it facelift in a jar? Mm -hmm. And um and then some other products and, and please now take this opportunity to mention anything else that, uh, or any places that people could follow you as you build some of these new platforms. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Ultimately it, it would probably just behoove you to sign up to the, to the register of, of yummy.doctor because I, I don't know where things are going with all of these other platforms. And it's really difficult when you're trying to, to do this work and then also do all the social media and also do all this self-education on the, what's happening in the world and being up to date. And it's, it's a constant barrage uh, and we don't need to spread ourselves thin. We need to focus. So I would say the telegram group, healthy dose of truth would be a good follow or wherever where we share um, as honest as we can information. If it's controlled OPIC, it's deleted right away. If it's mm. QTARD stuff, it's deleted right away. We don't entertain any of that material mm. at all. So people won't have their time wasted with fake stuff. Mm. Uh, you know, sometimes even me, uh, sometimes I'll put stuff in, isn't this fa a fascinating phenomenon? It might be wrong. Well, I'll delete it right away. I'm not going to, not going to waste people's time with stuff if I haven't had the time to really dive deep into anything. So we're working hard there. And then the yummy dot doctor, I would say those two, two places I am on Insta. I, I did this creative thing with my name. I did Amanda and it's Amanda with an H and then dot D dot V. So mm. I have the ADV at the end and my first name. So that that's my new Insta channel. I don't even care the same way. It's funny. I, I, I don't either, yeah. Weird, isn't it? Cause like at the beginning, it's like, it down. Oh. I don't even like them that much. I know. And it's still face fricking book. It's all the, it's all the same enemy. Yeah. Like even like in Google and Amazon, I mean, they want everything to come through Amazon ultimately. Yeah. Right. And mm -hmm. uh, I just, we got to stop feeding the beast as much as we possibly can. So I even there's even um, with Kelly Brogan, there's a really great, I have to find the name of it, but a telegram channel that's all about getting away from Google and Microsoft products. So it's like alternative um, apps and, and, and platforms mm. and things. So we're going to be really be building that as well, where we're, we're not going to pay them anymore. We don't want them anymore. Yeah. They're, they're the enemy. Why do we keep, you know, begging back into their crap? We don't want it anymore. So we're edging mm. ever more away. And it's almost like there's a tear inside where you're like, you want to bring more. I say, I say to the creator, say, I want to bring more, more, you know, souls home to you. I want, I want you, I want your sheep to come home to you, you know, mm -hmm. and I, I'm, I'm trying so much so that they don't get lost, a lot, they'll lose their way, you know? And I, so I keep the platforms cause I'm trying to still hope mm -hmm. that there's maybe some more that they just need that one piece of information that turns them on or something that lights them up and helps them find their way again, you know? So I yeah. think that's, that's the, the way it is for now, but eventually it'll just be a really fine split. Well, if there's anything that uh, we can help with or, or anything at all along the way, please uh, reach out and let me know. And um, I also have had that, that is a similar calling and um, 
we're embarking on a project that's going to be called God moments. It's like a term that our family has where, you know, the divine touches your life in some way, shape or form. And I'm going to give people a platform to share some, some of their God moments. And, um, in a way that may just in fact, you know, reignite a spark in, in people listening that, you know, we resonate through stories and bring them back and kind of see some of the, 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 the nonsense and things that you and I've discussed today. So thank you so much for sharing your time. I know we went a lot longer. I was, I was fascinated and I'm sure we could go much, much longer, but um, we'll have to do it again in the future. And again, please, please stay in touch and let me know how I could be of service in, in any way. Well, do Anthony, thank you so much for your time. It was a wonderful chat. Appreciate it very much. What's up guys, Anthony here. And one of my favorite things to do is helping men and women like you feel what it's like living life with the body you've always wanted and all day energy that starts the moment you wake up and doesn't quit. Over the past decade, we've created a proprietary health assessment that helps me to identify the unique toxicities and deficiencies that are holding you back from the life that you deserve. And what we've discovered in doing this now with thousands of CEOs, executives, professional athletes, businessmen, Hollywood celebs, and entrepreneurs is that there is always room for improvement and optimization. So if you're looking for help with this stuff and you'd like to see if you're a fit to work with me one-on-one, this program is usually full year-round with a waiting list, but we just had a few spots open up and I wanted to make this available to the listeners of the Biohacking Secrets show first. So what you want to do if you want to apply is head over to biohackingsecrets.com forward slash coaching. That's www.biohackingsecrets.com forward slash coaching, C-O-A-C-H-I-N-G. Fill out the short application form. And if you're pre-approved, you'll be given the opportunity to book a time to connect with someone on our team and see if it's a fit. Thank you so much for being a part of this community. I look forward to potentially going on this journey together.